Welcome to our final fall 2022 episode of the Coffee with Kojo podcast. This podcast is produced by the School of Communication and Journalism at South Dakota State University. I'm Associate Professor Dr. Rocky Daly, and I coordinate the podcast with our student hosts and guests. In this episode, Kojo student Anna Poole returns as host to speak with alum Mark Glissendorf. Mark is a partner at the marketing and advertising agency Lawrence & Schiller. He also worked as an executive producer, news anchor, and reporter at KSFY-TV in Sioux Falls, and earned his BS in journalism and broadcast from South Dakota State University. Anna and Mark spoke recently about his career and experience. I uh, originally uh, enrolled and was accepted into the School of Mines out in uh, Rapid City, and my plan was to pursue a degree in engineering. Uh, when I was in high school and I took the aptitude tests, I seemed to always either land on engineering or uh, broadcast news. And everybody told me that uh, it was much more profitable uh, to be an engineer than in broadcast news, and so I kind of was leaning that direction. And then a couple of friends of mine from my high school class were coming up uh, to look at the engineering program here at SDSU, and we visited on the coldest day in February, but it still uh, just all the, the size of the campus and all the things that were going on, I pretty quickly changed my mind and decided that it was going to be SDSU for me. And then uh, after my first uh, year in engineering school, I had a, a change of heart and transferred over to the journalism program. And uh, by my junior year, I had an internship at uh, KSFY TV in Sioux Falls and, and, uh, and was a reporter uh, at the time I graduated. Now oh, that's a big change from engineering to broadcast journalism. Yes, it, it is. Um, and I often think about what uh, life would have been if I would have stayed in uh, engineering. Uh, I trust I would have made the most of it, but uh, the experiences that I've, I've had uh, through my career and the, the places I've been able to go, the people I've been able to meet, uh, I consider myself very fortunate and I'm very grateful that, uh, that the program was here and that, and that I made the change. I'm glad the cold didn't keep you away. Can't imagine touring on the coldest day in February. No, it, uh, I, it's cold anywhere in South Dakota that time of year, so it wasn't going to make that big of a difference. And while you were at SDSU, did you participate in any extracurriculars? Yes, I, uh, I was part of the journalism club uh, at the time, and probably the, the most important thing I participated in was uh, my junior year, I applied for and got an internship with South Dakota Public Broadcasting, and it was for the State House uh, program. Uh, during the two months of the legislative session in January and February, uh, public broadcasting did live on tape coverage. And so I ran camera uh, during the legislative session and then they would fly the tapes down to Vermilion every night. And by 11 o'clock at night, uh, that day's program would be on the air. And while I was doing that, it was a great opportunity. I got to meet a lot of people. Uh, I got to meet the news reporters from the other stations around the state who were there. And uh, a stroke of luck. Um, that was during the farm crisis when uh, Willie Nelson was uh, singing about the farm crisis and farm aid. And our entire state legislature uh, decided they were going to fly to Washington, D.C. and lobby Congress uh, for farm aid. 
And uh, the KSFY reporter was a, a one-man band. He didn't have a photographer. And he got on an earlier flight to be in D.C. when they arrived. And so they asked me if I would take uh, their, their gear and videotape the legislators boarding the plane and the plane taking off for D.C. Uh, ABC had a crew from Chicago there, but they forgot to white balance their camera and their footage was unusable. So uh, that afternoon when I drove across the river to Fort Pier, uh, opened the gate to the pasture where the microwave tower was so I could feed the footage back to Sioux Falls, uh, then uh, assignment editor Brian Bierke informed me, uh, introduced himself to me, and then informed me that I should watch World News Tonight that night because my footage would be the lead story with uh, Peter Jennings on World News Tonight. So. You know, uh, as a student, I was so glad that I, I took that opportunity for the internship. I had that experience. Uh, I made the connections that later uh, helped me get uh, my first job as a weekend weatherman and a reporter at uh, KSFY. And uh, by the time I graduated, I already had the, the job locked up. Wow, that's impressive that your video got to be used for that big of a like viewer base as a college student. That's really impressive. So you've talked a little bit about um, transferring files and flying video down. So how has kind of the technology changed from when you were studying in school to where it's at now? Yeah, at the risk of sounding like a dinosaur, um, we actually had a dark room in Jaeger Hall here uh, back when I was a student and we developed uh, film, 35 millimeter film. And uh, by the time uh, I got to KSFY, uh, we were uh, on videotape, but it was three-quarter inch videotape, and I was there for about three years, and then as I moved into more of a, of a commercial production role at Lawrence & Schiller Advertising, I saw the transition to different videotape formats, and then uh, the, the advent of uh, online uh, digital editing, where you know you could actually move things around on a computer and that was a drastic change uh i don't it just if if you never put together an eight minute or a 30 minute project uh in a linear fashion uh, where uh, what you do at two minutes and 10 seconds can never be changed once you get to the end uh, unless you want to undo everything after that uh, the, the first few years of, of editing on a computer, uh, nonlinear, we just kind of sat there and smiled and laughed the whole time we were working because it was so much more flexible and so much easier. So it's it's been a it's been a, a crazy change and now with uh, with you know Zoom and and it's just it's been just the last few years you know through the COVID uh, uh, time it's just been very fascinating to see how. Uh, images are gathered and transferred and, and used and it's it's so much uh, so makes it so much more about the story now because you don't you don't have to have so much fixation on the technology that's very cool to be able to be a part of all those changes I know my grandpa talks a lot about differences from when he was growing up to now and even my mom sees a lot of those differences um, just in the technology basis in addition to the changes in technology, you've been at the same company for a while now. Um, what are some changes that you've seen in your positions and your role in leadership in that company? 
Sure. Yeah, my goal uh, when I came into the journalism program uh, here at SDSU was to land a job in television news in Sioux Falls. And uh, after that, uh, it was kind of a decision. Was I going to uh, try to advance my career uh, by moving to different markets uh, in, in that industry? Uh, or was I going to stay in Sioux Falls and, and find a way to advance my career? And uh, my wife's a registered nurse, and we had the conversation before we got married, and she was willing to move around the country with me. Uh, but then uh, before we, we got going on that, uh, I met somebody from Lawrence and Schiller and found out they had a job opening for uh, writer, producer, director. It was kind of the advent of VHS video and all the corporations and wanted uh, – sales videos for their brand and uh, I was one of those young kids that uh, knew all about pictures and words and combining them and uh, so they hired me uh, in 1988 and I have been there ever since um, and it's been uh, really uh, it's just been exciting to see all the the changes uh, in the industry through that time and and I'm always kind of curious about everything which I think helps if you're uh, if you want to be a journalist that's a good thing to, to be is to be very curious and so as my uh, my time evolved with the company it was always uh, fun to get in on the leading edge of different things and uh, when uh, when the internet rolled around and we had to figure out how to uh, build websites and and we pretty quickly realized that uh, the, the process wasn't all that different than video production. You needed words, you needed pictures, you needed a, a flow uh, to the content. Um, and so we had a, a couple of young graphic artists that uh, jumped on the technical side and learned how to program, and, and I grabbed the other side. So I, I got to build the internet production company uh, there at Lawrence and & Schiller, and one of our, our first major uh, projects was uh, – the website for South Dakota State University. Um, back then, content management systems like WordPress didn't exist, uh, but we created one and uh, used that for our clients for probably about 10 years uh, before all the, the other ones became available. Uh, so I got to see the advent of, of the internet. Um, and then uh, when the founders of the company began to step back, I had uh, built some relationships with key clients and, uh, and so I moved into account service and strategy, uh, not something I ever intended to do, uh, but uh, I really enjoy problem solving and essentially that's what advertising is. Uh, clients have problems and, and uh, we solve them for them uh, and get the result that, that they want. Uh, so I got, I got to make that uh, change. And then uh, as the, the, uh, the group that I'm a part of that owns Lawrence and Schiller uh, now uh, took the company over. Let's see, uh, we had a band director, school teacher. Um, we had a English major. We had a graphic design major. And then we had myself, a broadcast journalism major. And uh, we didn't have anybody who really ever had run a business before. Um, and so we kind of looked around the room and and somebody had to raise their hand and say, yeah, I'll figure out the finance and legal and insurance and, and all that. And uh, I wouldn't have wanted to have done that early in my career, but uh, it's, it's been real rewarding. And uh, it's, it's 
been fun to, to learn those aspects of the business and, and especially knowing that I can still drop back and, you know, direct a TV commercial every once in a while or do some writing every once in a while also. Yeah, I saw on the website that you have um, a few blog posts up on there, I believe it is. Yes, yeah. Uh, writing is is my favorite part of, uh, of everything we do, uh, followed closely by photography. Um, I, I was fortunate. Uh, my parents uh, supported that habit, and, and I had a 35-millimeter camera in my hand uh, by the time I was a sophomore or junior in high school, and I, I took photos for the, uh, the, the yearbook uh, for a couple of years and uh, just kind of learned how to see the world uh, through the lens. And uh, so those are, are two, two fun things that I get to still do. It's great to hear that you're still able to kind of step back and do some of those other aspects you enjoy. Um, throughout your time and your career, what's been one of your favorite experiences or stories you've written or um, something, your favorite thing to photograph? Sure. Uh, the big three for me are um, the first one strikes real close to home here. Uh, I was part of the team uh, that created the SDSU You Can Go Anywhere From Here campaign. Um, actually, uh, I was hired uh, by the university initially uh, to do a campaign uh, that, that was themed Knowledge for Life. And the primary purpose of that campaign was to, to uh, create groundswell of support uh, in state government for higher education. So we were trying to demonstrate the, the value of, of what the university uh, brings to the entire state. And then uh, when Dr. Uh, Peggy uh, Miller came, she said, we need to raise enrollment. So the campaign shifted gears, and that's when You Can Go Anywhere From Here was born. Um, we did focus groups with students, and we, when, and we asked students who didn't go to college at, in South Dakota why. Uh, they told us they felt like they would not have the option of working in a career outside of South Dakota. And that was the strategy behind the campaign. So we featured uh, younger graduates with exciting careers. Uh, each commercial had three graduates, uh, two of which were out of state, but we always featured one in-state person as well because uh, you can do great things in South Dakota also. And uh, that campaign ran for eight years. And in the eight years of the campaign, enrollment increased 39%. Uh, it was a, it was probably the, the most... Uh, rapid uh, growth in enrollment in the history of the university. And uh, at the same time, uh, I got to work with the foundation and, and help them uh, brand the Jackrabbit Guarantee. Uh, and I also got to help do the branding uh, as athletics moved into Division One, and got to be a, a part of the team that came up with the Go Big, Go Blue, Go Jacks uh, rallying cry. So it's it's kind of fun to still see that uh, on the walls uh, at different places around campus. Another uh, great uh, project I got to be a part of was uh, Norwest Bank, which eventually became Wells Fargo, uh, was giving away $1,000 scholarships to 70 seniors every year. So it was this great program that nobody knew anything about. And they came to Lawrence and Schiller and asked, uh, how, how do we get the word out? And uh, at the same time, uh, the CEO had, of Norwest had met uh, Iditarod musher Vern Halter, who was a Flanders, South Dakota native, but uh, went to Alaska and got involved in sled dog uh, 
racing. And uh, so the CEO of, of Norwest at the time said, I don't know how these two things go together, but we're going to sponsor Vern Halter, and you're going to figure out somehow to make that uh, uh, bring attention to our scholarships. And so we married those two things up, and uh, I got to go to Alaska uh, about eight years, and the final two, uh, the Internet had evolved to the point where uh, they put me in a single-engine airplane and flew me from checkpoint to checkpoint, landing on lakes and rivers, on skis. And uh, every night I had to get to some place that had a, a, a telephone line. Back then, uh, Internet was over 14.4K modems. Uh, and so I would uh, rent a snowmobile from a, a local and get out on the trail every day and uh, get a little bit of video and some still photos and then I would find a phone line uh, at night and uh, Photoshop my photos and get into the content management system of kelloland.com and put daily race updates and then uh, at the end of the race would take all the video footage and and uh, create a video that uh, that Vern used when he would come back in the spring he would do an assembly program at every grade school in every town that had a Norwest Wells Fargo Bank in both North and South Dakota. It took him about two months. He said the Iditarod was easy compared to the school tour. Uh, so to to be able to fly around Alaska and have that experience uh, was was just amazing. And kind of my, my the third of my big three is I was heavily involved with uh, Sioux Valley in the transfer to transition to becoming Sanford Health. Um, I worked uh, with the leadership at, at uh, Sioux Valley for about six months, uh, crafting the ask to Mr. Sanford for the $400 million gift. And then I worked with them another six months on crafting the announcement uh, for that gift, uh, which we did on a cold day in February. Uh, there's a theme there. Uh, I can't remember the year, but it was the day before the Super Bowl uh, that we did the big announcement. And uh, it, was, it was very hush-hush. Um, my wife, who's a 30-plus year employee of, of Sanford Health, uh, I think finally two days before the announcement, I asked her if she wanted to know something she couldn't tell anybody else. And she said yes, and so I, I gave her a little sneak preview. Wow, those are some pretty big names you're talking about that you've helped with. That's really cool. Um, besides traveling to Alaska, have you been able to travel to any other locations that you've enjoyed for different pieces? Yes, I've been very fortunate. The, uh, the Alaska trip is fantastic. Um, with the SDSU, you can go anywhere from here campaign. Um, I directed every one of those shoots for eight years, and that took me to just about every state in the country. Sometimes you get the, the Facebook uh, pop-up that asks you how many states you've been to, and, and uh, I haven't done an official count, but I think there's only two or three that I, I haven't. Um, we also did a, a program with Dactronics, uh, the scoreboard manufacturer here uh, in Brookings, where every time they sold a package to a major university, uh, we would fly there and, and get footage of all the stadiums, uh, which would be used to create sales videos to sell the advertising. Uh, so I've, I've had the fortune of seeing most of the country. Uh, we went to Europe uh, and traveled by train for the Go Anywhere campaign uh, one time. So I got to fly into London and take the train under the English Channel into Paris and uh, go up through Germany and, and uh, Denmark and Sweden. Uh, so, yeah, I've seen 
a, a good chunk of the world thanks to uh, our clients. Wow. That's great to travel. Um, I think a lot of students at SDSU enjoy the study abroad opportunities and just being able to see other areas is a valuable experience both as a college student and then as a professional. I think you just really grow your network as you're seeing everything. It, it amazed me how uh, connected the world became. You know, when you get halfway across the world and interact with uh, people, uh, you just very quickly realize that people are people and uh, that that's a, it's a good reminder. Yep, that is, I would agree. It's a good thing to remember. Um, so in addition to just having all of your college experience and then going into the professional career, just those experiences, have you been able to interact with um, younger professionals that you've kind of mentored through that? And how has that experience been? Yes, um, I think it's just natural that at some point uh, after you've uh, proven to yourself and, and hopefully to others that you are good at the craft, um, at least for me, it was a natural to want to share that with uh, others. Um, so I, I have always looked for opportunities to mentor and, 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 and build uh, staff. The advertising industry is, uh, a, it's a, is my, uh, the, Paul Schiller, who hired me, told me, he said, it's a, it's a young person's game. Uh, never forget that. And uh, the average age of our staff, other than those uh, of us uh, in ownership, is, you know, we got a lot of people in the building that are in their mid-20s and, and uh, early 30s. And, and I really enjoy uh, working with them and, and uh, sharing some, some things that I've learned. And uh, I also uh, have had a, a few people ac actually – uh, ask me, would you mentor me? And um, I, I think that's, uh, that's a, a really important thing uh, for people to do. And don't be afraid to ask because uh, it's a compliment. Um, I want to share uh, what I know. And, uh, you know, when the interns and the new employees come in the building, I kind of always have this thing in the back of my head where, you know, I've, I've got to somehow demonstrate to them that I, I still have uh, some talent. And I didn't just, you know, win the lottery and get lucky. Uh, I, I could still do this. And, uh, yeah, when, when people ask me uh, for mentorship, uh, I'm always flattered. That's awesome. And when people ask you, do you have a certain way um, you'd recommend for um, younger individuals to ask someone to be their mentor? I, I think you can do it a number of ways. Um, I'm always impressed when uh, new people come to the company and they – uh, go out of their way to, you know, say hello in the hallway and ask me how I'm doing and uh, ask, you know, invite me to tell them my story of where I've been and how I got here. Um, but I, I would say the most important thing is is that just, just ask somehow, um, however you do it. Uh, and again, remember that um, I learn as much if I mentor somebody young as, or maybe more. I mean, my children are now 29 and 31, uh, so they don't keep me connected to 20-year-olds anymore. So I need actual 20-year-olds to, to help me do that. We will be back in 2023 with our next podcast going live in January. This podcast is the property of the School of Communication and Journalism at South Dakota State University, which reserves all rights to its use. Music by Cody M. Johnson and Tyler Addison James is licensed through AMP Music.